podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Yes, listeners, this is the five-year plan podcast. Uh, oh, dear. Yeah, it's going to be one of those. It's going to be one of those. Um, you'll have noticed yeah. at the top that the old music is back on the pod. Um, the reason is, uh, on the previous pod, uh, Kevin uh, realised that uh, we changed the music and Palace had started losing. So we've changed it back for this podcast in the hope that after this pod... Have things really got yeah, that but bad? You didn't do, yes. But you didn't do what the other thing you should do, is to do the pod on Monday. So we had the new music before the Bournemouth game, did you? Well, so we, you've willfully thrown busy. that game away. We're all too busy, aren't we? We're You're all busy lives. Busy. Oh, you, I'm not. You, you guys spend the whole day going to the gym in Cheshire. So we all do. Your yeah, and like now I've got the guns to show for it. So. It's like a porn DVD. Your life It's just hanging around. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was. Hanging I around waiting for milfs in Cheshire. Um, so the music, old music, is back to hopefully try and curb this run of defeats. Um, and we've got the gang here to talk about that. Uh, in fact, let's introduce them. Kevin Day. Hello. Andy Stream. Hello. And um, James Endicott is not here this week, oh, but no. we're replacing one Endicott with another hey. Endicott. Oh, uh, making his pod debut is uh, Travis. Travis Endicott, how are you doing? I am. I'm okay. I wondered Can why. I, get, I wondered why I could see some of the cheer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a bit like. It's I'm going like, to report this back to him. So you know, no, we, no, we can say it, Travis. You can say what you want because we've discovered he doesn't listen to it. No, so feel free to say what you want about your dad. I'm it looks sure like, it looks like we got one. we got James from 1989, sort of 1989 Endicott. Well, there's a photograph um, that James showed us recently when I think he was still in the band, or was he? he was still in Loop. In Loop, yeah. It was yeah. a spitting image of. Oh yeah, there's there's traveling. a few knocking about every time he uploads one, and then oh, sometimes you, I go, oh god, is that me or is it? Yeah, really, <laughs> is it my dad. Well, if it's if you're not talking, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, we're going to get through our sponsors. We've got lovely pod sponsors. They are JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Yeah. Good, well done. <laughs> I've been begrudgingly after this week of absolute shite. We'll, we'll get to that, we'll get to that. So and It's all got a bit pear-shaped since they started sponsoring us. Well, no. Stop drawing causal exactly. links between things yeah. that have no They've sponsored us since the start of the season exactly. when Palace were fantastic. Okay, I'll, I'll try again. I will. Well done. <laughs> Good. And um, Vector Printing for all your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with her. Okay. And we're going to start off the start of the pod by reading out some competition winners because last week we uh, announced some new... bloody winning something. <laughs> <we're> <laughs> Good. Uh, we've got two <laughs> winners um, how of... How did we draw these, by the way? Uh, randomly on, on Twitter we got people to tweet us saying I love FYP and Vector with a K on Twitter did it Twitter. on the one show <laughs> <laughs> and we've got two winners of the brand new well they got a choice between either one of the brand new FYP t-shirts uh, which I'm wearing on this very pod and we'll tweet a photo out of and uh, the Vector with a K t-shirts and the winners are can I get a drum roll or something or the winners are Nick Shepard well done Nick whose Twitter handle is Theonographer, which is wow. brilliant. Nice. And 
David Cheeseman, whose oh. Twitter handle whose Twitter handle is Cheesy Palace. Oh. So well done. Bye Congratulations, chats. We will be in contact and we will sort out getting you those t-shirts. So well done to you. Um, and, and from two people who have won something to a team that hasn't won anything for five games. Um, Palace lost at Bournemouth. Well, we actually had two games since the last pod. We have actually won a game. Yeah, we won and played well against Stoke. Yeah, so should we start with that, or do you want to start no, with the Bournemouth not, game? It's not nearly as much fun. No, the Stoke game was quite encouraging. I thought uh, Lee played very well. I thought Fraser Campbell had his best game for us for a long time, for mm-hmm. a, an hour. Suarez was good. Punching was, was good in that sort of more of a central role, wasn't it, on, on Saturday? And Wilf was very good. So that was are all encouraging signs against the strong Stoke side. And then... Then last night happened. Well, let me mm. let me let me ask you guys this: mm. um, <laughs> What? Why is it? So we've lost five games on the spin, and we haven't won in seven or nine. No, one in seven in the league, mm. but we've won two out of those games in that one, both cup games. Why is it, Andy, that we seem to play with the shackles off in the cup a bit? Is, is it lack of pressure? Why are we okay, and then we seem to struggle in the league? Well, that's a very very open and broad question, isn't it? I, I, just, I, I don't think. You know, cup games are a sort of one-off. You're not sort of worrying about your form. You can kind of play different combinations, put different players on the pitch. Quite often you're playing against a team who might not necessarily play a full-strength side, might rest some players against you. Some teams don't play with quite the same intensity or, or speed or pace in the FA Cup as they do in, in league matches because to some teams, rightly or wrongly, it doesn't matter quite as much. And, it's, and Stoke gone to extra time against Liverpool Stoke had gone to extra time, time you know um, and they're on a bit of a bad run themselves and also like I say the shackles are off because we know the FA don't want us to win the FA Cup <laughs> so they might as well might as well play well see how far they get they're not going to get to Wembley because the draw's fixed so we can't win it <laughs> unlike Arsenal who have now had I believe off the top of my head this might be wrong 41 out of 42 <laughs> Home draws against teams in the lower leagues. Really? Who are they yeah. sponsored by? Uh, uh, yeah. Good point. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, we only get teams starting with S this season in the, in the cup, don't we? Yeah. Premier League teams. Well, like Tottenham, Tottenham. Spurs. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like that, I don't know, but I thought it was a good because Stoke are a good strong side and they were pretty close to a first team. Travers, I thought, but I was that, that I was actually quite encouraged going into last night's game off the back of that performance. I don't know. I think the Stoke game it was. Uh, Players that they had out have been dangerous this season. Arnautovic and Jostu wore themselves out in the game previously, playing the 120 odd minutes which they did against Liverpool, and demoralising losing that penalty shoot. I think they're just thinking we've got to a semi final. We proved ourselves in a cup competition this season. They're doing okay in the league, dipping in form in and out, but I think they're just more they're concentrating more on that than they are. Well, they took it quite seriously. I mean, the ferocity of some of their tackles indicated how. Well, seriously, Stoke. Well, this is a Stephen Island tackle. On once they realised, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Once they realised that Clattenburg was distracted by something on the other side of the stand for half the game. Probably his head. He's always distracted by Sellers Park, though, isn't he? Really? Jeez, so. and and blew the whistle early again, which upset Mark Hughes. Well, the, but there is a theme of of um, other opposition players going in tough on. Have, we talk about that every week, don't we? That, that we don't get enough protection at, at, at the moment. Because every team says, because when I say it to other people in pubs or offices, they will say, oh, everyone, every team thinks like that. At the moment, it does seem that we've had a succession of piss poor, for want of a better word, refereeing performances. There was another one it's last night. Yeah. There's another one last night where I don't mind referees giving the benefit of the doubt and being bossed about by the top four. Do you expect that? But not a team like Bournemouth. And Wilf is just getting no protection at all. Goodbye must be the most physically assorted player in the Premier League, without a doubt. Because and the, and the fact that Punchin ended up getting the yellow carded for he, the ref must know we all, the whole Palace team stopped 
you could see, you know, it's a shame there's no proper replays of it, but the, the photograph looks terrible with photos of uh, different, you know, where the ball is, but it's clearly yeah. a bad tackle. Mm. And Clatt, for, for punching to get booked for that, Clattenburg, the, last night Jones, you know, we'll talk about Zahar later on, but that, that ref last night gave no protection at all to our forward players and basically allowed every time we went in Bournemouth's airspace we were getting. I mean, is that you know, a, and once again, and this is a theme that I keep coming back to, once again, Pardew stood with his hand in his pockets, not reacting to anything that the referee was doing, which is a complete difference to to seasons before, not just at Palace, but other clubs as well. And whether that's because he wants the England job or whether he's worried about another final, I don't know. But mm. I think it's having an impact on the way we... But I think he's just being so passive at the moment that I think that's that's communicating to the players slightly frustrating. It was just an utterly bizarre decision from Clattenburg. I know he was waving on that he had seen the guy play the ball but it, it's clearly in the laws that if a tackle is using excessive or dangerous force or reckless, yeah. or, or reckless yeah. that it, it's it's a foul um, it, it shouldn't matter if you go in with a stud over the ball and you win yeah. part of the ball as you go through it's well known that you're going to get a free kick given against you yeah. and rightly so the, the game's so fast now and the players are so quick that if a leg is left rooted and you mm. go through the ball and take the man's yeah. leg and it's rooted in the ground, you've got a snap leg yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. So it was just a, a ridiculous decision from a ridiculous referee, frankly. Okay. And, and even more frustrating, I thought Kabai had played really well and, and him and Punchy were really moving the ball about and some of Kabai's passing, especially to Zahar, was really good on Saturday and bode well for last night. Well, I've said it before and I've, I've kind of maintain it again that there should be some form of rule change where if you're persistently fouling a specific player mm, on the opposition I, I, side, yeah. eventually one player should take the flat for the rest I, of the I, team yeah. tactically quite, targeting him. I quite agree. Even if it's, for example, yeah. Arnautovic, if he were playing first foul and he goes yeah. and targets Kabai when five of his other teammates yeah, yeah. have done so and they're all yeah. taking turns, make, you know, start, start bringing in persistent fouling on one specific opposition yeah. player. Are, are we... Travis, do you think Palace are too nice in a way? Because Kevin's alluded to the fact that sometimes our players don't surround the referee, which you know it can be seen as a good thing. Do you think we're a bit too nice sometimes, and we we get bullied by teams? And I think there's problems with uh, the main person who gets fouled the most is obviously Zaha. I think there is problems sometimes with some players who might just think because he does go to ground a bit easy sometimes. I'll, I'm not going to take that away because it, it's true. But I think that players sometimes feel you don't want to be surrounded a referee saying that you're being your teams are being fouled when. It's, you're not sure whether it's actually happening and just to start surrounding referees and start to build up a reputation like Chelsea do for surrounding when players aren't even actually fouled going up and surrounding referees. Mm. They almost It feels like um, what Kev was saying earlier, Pardew not having any anything to do, shouting at the referee, the players aren't going to then get the confidence to want to go and do it. It just seems like there's a drain of everything at the moment. Yeah, I don't, I don't, don't get me wrong, I don't want to see Palace players trying to intimidate the ref, but it's just not... And it seems I mean, to be the you, passion there at the moment no, it, we, we, you, we've had in previous seasons. Well, you could, you could see last night Wolf, when Wolf got booked for diving that first half, you could see I was quite close to it and he, 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 the player was all over him. Yeah. And you could see Wolf's attitude, yeah, we'll talk about Wolf's attitude later on, I think, but he was, he was angry because he got hurt and... Jedi had to come over and sort it out. The ref got it wrong. As simple as that. So, and it's, it's at the moment. It's just you know you could argue. People will argue. Maybe we got some lucky penalties in the first part of the season. I don't think we did. No, I don't think we did. No. But there's something lacking in the team. We're not. Well, let's talk about. There's what, no bite. There's no snap. There's no. Yeah. There. Okay. Let's talk about that then. There. There. There isn't because earlier in the season, whenever Palace conceded, Andy, it looked like they thought it was nil nil and we start again. Yeah. Whereas now, when they concede, they. They look beaten, even at one all last night. W- what's gone on? What, what's what's changed? Everything is wrong in the middle of the park for yeah. me at the moment. Yeah. You've got Jednak, whose legs have gone, frankly, particularly for this sort of level, albeit that he did a few okay things on the ball last night. Mm-hmm. He's just 
increasingly becoming less influential off the ball. You've got Joe Ledley, who looks a shadow of his former self. Kabai and MacArthur, I'm not sure, even work together, but obviously, you know, now out injured. And we haven't got a single natural number 10 in that squad, either one that's in form or one that is able to sort of play there at all. Yeah. I mean, if you discount Punchin, who... You know, I, I would debate whether or not he is a natural number ten anyway, given how one-footed he is, and given mm. the fact that he will only find angles on his left foot and can't turn onto his right. That, that it's just everything is wrong in in that mix of the three, and we've chopped and changed it all season. There's not been more than a couple of games at, at the very start yeah. of the season where we were going with that three of Kabai and MacArthur, and then punching ahead of them. We kept that for a little run. Since that's been disrupted a little bit, and partially that's been because of punching being out of form and partially that's been because of injuries and so forth it's it's you know it's far too easy for teams to cut us to shreds through that middle part of the, of the field and the only time we ever create anything on the, on the flip side when we're being offensive is down the flanks yeah. we, we never create anything through the middle and really it was it was absolutely crying out for not necessarily a natural number 10 but someone with an engine and we spoke we've spoken about Shelby in previous weeks on this yeah. podcast yeah. but it was it was crying out for either a presence that was mobile that could get about in the midfield and I'd like to actually note at this point that I said Kante had a physical presence when he's 5'6 yeah. last week yeah, so yeah, I yeah. you can still have a physical presence but, but, but yeah. strong, like, there's, there's, yeah, there's, 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 there's strength to him and um, it's it's just for me starting to go wrong all the time the, in that particular the, area of the pitch I, last night was the first time I've been genuinely angry about a Palace performance for a long properly angry for a long time and it's partly to do is they see, the club seem to be in denial about it at the moment they don't yeah, the transfer window I'm sure we'll talk about, but there seems to be no acknowledgement of the fact that this it's gone beyond a couple of bad performances. Cause I, and I think we kind of, and I was as guilty as anybody else, saying, well, the Villa performance was the only one that wasn't mm-hmm. very good. And last night, like, less, uh, Bournemouth were a snidey, all these stories about the romance of Bournemouth, they were a snidey, sneaky little, mm-hmm, little yeah. championship team. But we should have been, they're a championship team, we should have beaten them, but we, we, we allowed ourselves to get drawn into little niggles and little battles and... and Getting involved in the petty exchanges with the referee. And the fact is, we might as well play four four two. We're not scoring goals the way we are. Yeah, and we're getting yeah. we're getting out manoeuvred in midfield with three people in midfield. We're getting the Bournemouth passed us. I mean, after we went one 0 up last night, we Bournemouth. It's the first time Bournemouth have won from from being a goal down in the Premier League. That shouldn't have happened. Yeah, it shouldn't happen. Not sell us part. But it, looked, it was odds on. As soon as they equalised, they were going to be the ones to score next. And they were all over us in midfield. All over us in midfield. So we play four four two because we might as well be properly outnumbered because we look like we're outnumbered as it is. We, uh, it wasn't. It was not a great performance. Not a great result. But um, I thought we started quite brightly. We, right, we attacked we, and we scored. We scored. Yeah, and then it fell apart. Yeah, somehow just Lee looked alright. Lee again had a lot of energy. Yeah. Lee's first touch is probably the best at the best at the club. I think mean, technically he's really good. But it's just it goes back to what Streety said a long, long time. The system sort of worked against Stoke. It was kind of an odd system because punching was quite central, and you had Lee and Suarez just doing everything down the left they tried to work that last night and it worked but as soon as it doesn't starts not working we don't change it hmm. nothing changes and that's what happened last night there was no there's not even any sense of urgency there's not even any sense of panic there's not even any sense of going long ball even you know even Holloway would go long ball would switch the way we played well, he'd stick five strikers on wouldn't he yeah, yeah. yeah. there's, no, there's no sense of that and there's no sense of urgency coming from the touchline which I'm sure people would say is good but it's just so frustrated with that performance last night yeah. and the window it's just the transfer window is so frustrating. Either we're being really complacent or we're showing a lack of ambition or players don't want to come to us. But for whatever reason, 
that transfer window, Steve Parrish said he was satisfied with it. It was disastrous compared to anybody else. What would you guys have liked to have seen, Travis? What in the transfer window? What would you like to have seen? I would have seen the defensive midfielder come in. Personally, because I, I like number punch. ten. Yeah, number yeah. ten completely. Because I'm just trying to figure out ways around the situation we have at the moment. And like we're talking about Lee's touch, I think he might be able to slot into I, that position for a game or two. Yeah, because he's the type of player that he, um, we're playing him on the wings when he comes on. Yeah, or when he starts, and he's the type of guy that when he's running at players, he's not a willful blast. He's not going to do a bit of trick, and he's not going to beat a man. But his first touch takes him away from someone. Like a Johnny and when, Esther. Yeah, yeah, and when you have those balls being pinged in from Kabai from just behind the halfway line yeah. in the centre circle and MacArthur. You need someone like him who can faint one way, go the other, and then it's kind of opened up that space in the middle of the park, and then you've got, now we'll have someone like Adebayor when Gale comes back, running on, and he, if he could slot a pass through, it would make a big difference. At the moment, we're missing that that killer pass in that number 10 role. Should we have... I think, that, I think, I think punch, Punching just needs a rest. He yeah, just looks, he, he looks, looks like a... He looks pulled his hamstring towards the end of the last game. He's doubtful for the next yeah. Swansea game, I think. Well, I'm, I'm not... Dis- he looks like a busted flush. Can I offer... He doesn't, he doesn't seem to know what he's... And he keeps getting 90 minutes as well, which isn't helping. Yeah. But can I, I offer you this? Because I agree, I think punch, we all agree Punch has been out of sorts this season and, and nowhere near as good as we know he can be. Apart from the cup games. Apart from the cup games. Yeah, which is interesting. Someone's like he's playing without any pressure and the team don't play. But can I offer this in the Premier League this season, so not including the cup in the Premier yeah. League, Punchin has created the most chances of any player 44 chances. Is that I'd, including I'd be... shots on goal or is that just passes? That, I'm not sure. That will be uh, that was any out of any English pieces, probably. probably, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. I, I was reading a bit further to that, and it will include set pieces and give yeah. me takes all of our corners and all of our wide free kicks. It's not a bad stat, though, is it? No, it's, it's not, not a bad stat, but the trouble is, the trouble with stats is that we've watched him play in the last six or seven <laughs> yeah, games yeah. and he's not doing I thought it. it was worth well, it's it's worth, it's, No, he's a really good player. There's no dispute in he's a really good player and there's no dispute in the second part of last season. He was he was fantastic and he, he was one of the key reasons why we played so well and, and, and won so many games. But at the moment, for whatever reason, and again, it's it's him and Hennessy and Zahal are things we talk about every week on the on the pod. And at the moment, it's just not working for Puncher. He just doesn't seem happy in the where he's playing. He doesn't seem to know particularly what he's, like what he's supposed to do. His confidence is, yeah. is, is low, so we need to change it up. And Pardew seems, in the same way that he was really reluctant to, to rest Balassi when we thought Balassi needed a rest, yeah. it's the same with Puncher. He plays him week in, week out for 90 minutes, and it's just not... When it's clearly not working, and it's not working for seven or eight games now, did you? Well, and the thing is, as well, I'm, I'm not a physiotherapist, and I'm not. Uh, <laughs> really? That, that's the first time you I've ever said of, this. You on started the, a lot of conversations. That's not that, I, that I've ever said that on this podcast. I'm not but, a welder, but I mean, <laughs> Punchin has now been played until his hamstring has gone. Uh, yeah, and yeah. Blassie was played until. So, I mean, I know yeah. that his, his hip injury was exacerbated by celebrating. By celebrating, but if, if you play players for ninety minutes of every single match every single week, yeah. it just increases the chance that at some point if you're not occasionally wrapping them in cotton wool that those injuries will be picked up and now Punchin's out I would imagine for the next game or is at least a doubt just because he's not been given that time to take a rest when he needs it and he's sort of overexerted Well I I thought it was really interesting I looked at the team sheets for the most Premier League teams in the FA Cup and we were pretty much the only one that played what you would call a full strength team Mm. and that surprised me because I thought I thought Adebayo would, would probably start the game on Saturday but I thought he addressed a couple of players and, and obviously he thinks it's a tournament we can win because he clearly hasn't worked out that the FA don't want us to win it. <laughs> but I was I was quite surprised by it. And also we we did approach that game and there was a real atten- intensity about Palace on on Saturday and, and you, you have to believe professionally despite what my dad says about yeah, professional footballers they should be able to play two games a week. But if they tell you that it's really hard to play on Saturday and Tuesday you have to believe yeah. that at this pace and it, it, it must be. And, and quite clearly we've got players that are suffering from that 
But if, if Pardew is playing the likes of part, uh, Lux Pardew, like a punch in each week, is that an indication that he doesn't trust the backups in our squad? Well, he thinks punching. It's hard to say. I mean, he, he's seen the best of punching, and we know that on his day, punching's a really influential player. But he just hasn't been recently. And I think Travis is absolutely right. I'd like to see Lee in that in that position. So I think Give him a go so. at least. Yeah, yeah. Just, just um, technically, he's a, he's a really good player, and he's he's full of energy, and he's full of endeavour, and he's full of enthusiasm. Well, the fans weren't happy, uh, quite rightly, when he got taken I mean, off. I was, uh, I was I completely Corbett. shocked yeah. by that. I was completely yeah. shocked by that. The first time, I mean, there were some boos. I don't agree with that. The first well, time he was he was decision. he was the one after they scored the first goal. He was the only one who like looked like he wanted to pick the ball up and get yeah. on with the game. And well, like you say, that's how we were. For the last year, especially under Pulisic's first part of Pardew, that's how we were anyway. It's like we're finally starting to see with Lee um, why Bolton fans rated him really highly. Was yeah. starting yeah. to sort of see yeah, why it's taken yeah. a good half season to yeah. see that from my point of view. But I think he's, yeah. he's decent. So, um, going back to the transfer window, um, should we have signed a centre back, Andy? Because uh, we talk about not scoring goals, but the defence has let in. A lot of goals recently. Is that more of a concern than our lack of well, goals? Well, I, I think that there were plenty of positions. We, we could all talk about it here. And we, we've Travis has picked out an offensive midfielder. I would pick out a def- defensive midfielder as, uh, with some sort of physical presence as being required. Others have spoken about the fact that we need a goalkeeper who is a genuine top 10 goalkeeper yeah. rather than what we've got there. We, we brought in Adebayo because we need another striker. There are pos- plenty of positions in the squad that, that need bolstering. And centre-back is undoubtedly one of them. Both... Dan and Delaney looked a little bit out of sorts for me against Bournemouth. Dan got ridiculously easily rolled by mm. a phobie when you just yeah. would not expect a player of his uh, his sort of experience and stature and just his general resilience general quality, to, to yeah. not in general quality, general quality to, to, to do that sort of thing. And um, Delaney at, at times is going to walk about and leaving men with, with Suarez rather than picking them up himself. Uh, particularly in the sort of lead up for the second goal, they're, they're a little bit out of sorts as well. So, and the backup options there are Hangeland and Kelly and, and Mariapa. I mean, mm-hmm. Pardew, uh, not Pardew, sorry, Parrish has spoken time and time again about three year cycles, and there's plenty of players out of contract in the summer, including, I believe, Hangeland and Mariapa. I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. And maybe it's just one of those where we're going to try and limp over the line to get to the summer with those then off the wage bill to then be able to bring in the new faces at centre-back and so on and so forth but it's, it's not going to do anything to allay the frustration of people who then have to watch the team limp over the line knowing that the reinforcements are going to come once the squad is trimmed a little bit in the summer rather than being dealt with now but, but also, I, I, there's a short answer I think yeah there, there, are, there is a need there for the, new centre-backs the, yeah. the trouble is good players are less likely to come if you finish fifth from bottom than you finish fifth from the top undoubtedly basically yeah. but the, the thing with the thing with the centre backs is you, you you know or the back four that it's it's harder I imagine to slot in a new and you know, the, the back four has been it's been pretty much picking itself the back five has been picking itself it's harder to slot somebody in halfway through a season I imagine but also it's not entirely their fault it's the back four they're not the only ones defending no and the fact is as well we've talked about this if if they know that if we we can see the first goal we're pretty much going to lose the game that puts a lot more pressure on them in terms of stress in terms of defending and the, 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 they're just not getting enough cover. It comes back to the midfield. Every, the, everything is the midfield at the moment because they're not. At least in previous times, there's been times you think, well, we'll get we'll get a nil nil then because we know how to mm-hmm. defend, and that's gone out the window. And that's partly because MacArthur and Kabai, through injuries or whatever, not haven't started nearly as many games together as they had done earlier in the season. And God, God love him. We all love Jed and that, but the others are not good enough, and there's not enough defensive cover at the moment. It's, it's not just the, the back four. Or Hennessy that should be getting getting blamed, and that's, and I understand the logic. I'm pretty sure Andy's right. I'm pretty sure that these were decisions that were made when we were 
comfortably top half of the table and then comfortably top six. Mm. I'm sure they sat down and said, well, let's do our shopping in the summers. There's no need to worry about it now. And then by the time they realised it was, it was probably too late because these things take some time. But it's frustrating when you see players like Afobi going to Bournemouth. You see players like... Yeah, Naismith going to Norwich you see players like, even, scoring as well yeah even Stephen Ireland Stephen Ireland's not getting picked in the league team for, for Stoke and much as he's a dirty niggly little sod and he's not as good as Deli Alley he's exactly the sort of player we want hmm. and we haven't got that and Shelby going to Newcastle baffles me Townsend going to Newcastle baffles me because these are players that we know we were probably interested in so again it comes back to that thing what is it that's stopping them getting somebody in because we just yeah, God love him we all love Breda Hangland as well but watching him Warm up down the touchline last night. It doesn't fill you full of. No, of course, you know, at least Boateng was there. You think, well, that's a good sign. But it's there's there's something there's just something odd at the moment about the club. You can't. What did you guys think of Adebayor? Travis is his first. Hey, not an ideal introduction. It was is they, it? I mean, they've just scored, and yeah. the, the cheer for him coming on is. <laughs> it's almost like the Bournemouth fans were cheering him coming on as well because they were celebrating the goal they just yeah. scored. Yeah. It's not the best circumstance to come on. He, he, I think if he'd started the game and he just still doesn't look like the team have got enough had enough time to figure him out as a player yet because mm-hmm. he there's a lot of strikers that you see try and get into the line of the long balls coming in from Delaney he seems to be one of those strikers that drops off and waits for a, almost mm-hmm. a nod on type of thing and will run in behind a poacher type of guy um, he had that one shot but could have put it on target almost won a header in the box at one point he looks like he might score a couple of goals, tap-ins and be in the right position at the right time, which is what we need from a striker. But he's, he's, not yeah. a, he's not a Sonogo. No, he's not. No. Well, I mean, he's a, he's a top-quality Premier League yeah, player. Yeah, he is, he, he is. Played for is Real that Madrid. damning with the most fake pros? <laughs> no, 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 it's not. It's because I know there's a couple of mates of mine who are just really, really furious about it. But it's, it's kind of no, no-brainer in the end. If, no, he's, I, ava- I, if, he, if he's available, yeah. he's only 31. He's played for Real Madrid. He's a really good quality striker. But again, you can be the best striker in the world. It's, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't make goals out of nothing. Exactly. And I do, I do wonder if the fact that, because it looked like Gale was definitely going to go at one stage, and I do wonder if we've kept him because they might be looking to play Adi Bios. Again, I don't know enough about him, but I'm pretty certain he's not the sort of striker who normally plays up on his own. No. He normally had somebody playing off him. Well, I watched the interview with him once when he was back when he was at Arsenal when there was a few games during that season it was like well when he was asked about five years ago and he complained that he had played about three or four games by himself up, up front, front yeah. and he had felt as though that was when the Arsenal fans were starting to uh, turn on him yeah. and start booing him and he said well what, what can I do it's it's almost not my fault I like playing up with someone it's a whole lot yeah. harder once you're trying to I mean this was back at the time when there was the John Terry's the Rio Ferdinand's Vidic's yeah. who were at the height of their game yeah. and when he was playing for us when the t- playing those top teams it was hard for him to beat two defenders at once but I think he is someone that would Work with another striker up with him. Yeah. And, judging by, and judging by the injuries we have in the centre of the park as well, why would it not be a good idea to possibly just rotate and try and change your formation? Yeah, yeah, Leicester at top of the table playing a 4-4-2. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. Watford, Watford are doing well with 4-4-2. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one. And and we've we've said for a long time that maybe Gale would be a much better player if he's playing as a second striker off a. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Gale's hung, he's hungry to play. Yeah, he's when hungry he and he's also he's fast as well, which yeah, is something exactly. we haven't. There's no real. I mean, Will's well, fast, got but the pace, but he just doesn't. Seems to just oh, run into just, players when he's got I, the ball. I, I, he's I was just, so mm. frustrated. He's just frustrated. The first half, certainly, I, I feel. I really thought maybe there was a breakthrough with Campbell. Was he really looked? But then there's that one that hit his head rather than. It's just. Oh, it's just not a natural. He's not a natural finisher. The no. trouble is, a half hit Adebayo is probably going to get you five goals. It's, please God, he doesn't get ten for obvious reasons. But <laughs> uh, but if if he gets his five goals this season. Fine, then that's a good move. We're, we're, we're not paying all his wages. He, he tends to play well, as everybody says, when he's looking for a contract, whether it's from us or other Premier League teams. So 
I don't think there's it's a no lose situation. Yeah, in I think sense. the other thing about Adebayor is he's got um, he's quite he's not a selfish footballer, but he likes to talk about himself and yeah, think yeah, about yeah. himself. And if you he's six goals off a hundred in the Premier League, so yeah, it's yeah. like he's coming to our club. It's not just like he's coming going. Oh, I really want to help Palace. He says that, of course, every player would when they join a team. But he's got a lot of personal goals that I think he'll want to yeah. achieve, yeah, which will only be a benefit as well to us. Four short, no, but he's also four short of becoming the highest scorer in African oh, right. yeah, in the Premier League as well. Yeah. Which oh, also, which you'd side. argue, Andy, is something perhaps our current crop of strikers don't have that kind of or are lacking that real self belief and confidence. What, ability to score or <laughs> first <laughs> well, touch, well, that bullishness of that, that, that almost selfishness. Well, yeah, and I mean that's probably not not surprising when. You've got a team that's in bad form anyway, and you've got a striker in Fraser Campbell. He's probably a, a, a top half Championship player. Um, I, I, if, if I'm honest, I thought some of the dogs' abuse that he was getting at Celtic last night was absolutely disgraceful. Yeah, the guy doesn't pick himself. Yeah, He's not going to say yeah. to Pardew when he is picked, "Oh no, you're all right, Gaffer. I'm not actually good enough for this level of football." Yeah, exactly. Have you thought about getting Yaya Sano go back on loan yeah, and yeah. putting him up front instead, Pards? I mean, there's uh, no you lack know, of effort, there's no lack of effort there. Yeah, so. uh, and when well, I hear people he saying, uh, well, exactly. And when I hear people saying, well, uh, he's a professional footballer. Of course, you should be able to control the football. It's it's a bloody fast pace of football at, at Premier League level, yeah. and oh, you've yeah. got to yeah, be yeah. an exceptional footballer to be able to play up to that level. Yeah. He's not good enough for that, but that's not his fault. No. And to scapegoat him and make out that all of the issues and all of the failings in the team at the moment, when you've got a dysfunctional midfield, when you've got an out of form back two in the back four when you've got uh, full backs who are consistently positionally uh, unaware shall we say and you've got a goalkeeper who makes errors to blame everything on one striker who's running around the load and isn't that good just seems beyond it's, it, myopic it's like yeah. it's like any organisation where I used to work at the ambulance service in recruitment if, if you get a bad ambulance man it's recruitment's fault and training's fault it's not the player's fault or the ambulance man's fault it's just he slipped through the net it's like we shouldn't have bought him we should, we, we should be buying better players that's the problem that's the problem with this this transfer with it's just that we don't seem to be out of spot other, other players other Premier League clubs bring in just don't seem to have been on our radar and, and that's I, I would like to know I, I think the club's culture has slipped back a little bit into sort of pre-2010 days in that there's a real lack of information sharing with the fans at the moment and I'd, I'd quite like to know if we did go after people and we were turned down or, or what the reason is that we didn't go for players and I think fans deserve to know because well, I've got two two points to make on that and the first is that obviously with this new ownership structure it seems that all three of the general partners as they're, as they're called now have a right of veto which I'm sure must make it right. far more difficult than the days previously when effectively it seemed that Parrish had sort of an informal ability to go out there and sort of do the business that he needed to do I'm not going to draw any inferences from that new structure but it's going to be more difficult to get things signed off and that's not a vindication one way or the other yeah, but, but the, prob- secondly, the problem with that though Andy is that they, they told us to their blue in the face that their, their money their investment was for the stadium and not for for players so mm-hmm. why would they get involved in that in the first well I mean reading in between the lines from what Pardew had said in his press conference I think last week right. when he said that obviously you know, Parish will come to me with the potential signings. I have to say yes and no, and then we'll have to get them signed off by David and Josh as well. Oh, right, so it's okay. by by Blitzer right, and, okay. and by Harris. So yeah, I mean, the, the sort of predominant aim of that investment was presumably to invest in the infrastructure, notably the stadium. But it did seem that you know you'd need that level of sign off. Where I'm not sure whether that was just done informally before, and right, right. whether it's now sort of subject. It's, it's all speculation, not really. So there's that point. Then there's also the point that I mean, there was discussion about. FFP, which I just found it utterly bizarre given the actual rules in, in that particular area. And just to be very, very brief about it, 
teams have to over this three year cycle not make a loss of more than mm. 105 million yeah. quid in year one of that cycle Palace made a profit of 25 million so you're talking about a two year loss of 130 million if Palace were going to breach through that particular boundary so to see Steve Parrish talking about it in, in the press just seemed a little bit odd because I think it would have taken some quite extraordinary spending to have got, gone through, yeah. through that boundary um, I, I think it to me if we're going to look at that transfer window it just reads to me as you know, most businesses generally done in the last week of that window. Mm-hmm. We had already embarked on a poor run, yeah. and that poor run had commenced before Christmas. I think they got to the point at which most clubs would be starting to do the genuine business in the January transfer window, which is middle of January onwards, and had a look at it and thought, do you know what, are we going to really twist on this now when this, the hopes of Europe have receded a little bit and where we're probably looking safe? And I, I just think it was the risk-averse option that was decided yeah. upon just because yeah. that, that bad run had already commenced. Whether or not there's an argument that the business should have then been done very, very early in January, I, I can see the merit in that. But, I mean, it, it, that's, to me, the reading of that particular transfer window. And it's incredibly disappointing, yeah, that mm. you get Twitter meltdowns that are a little bit disproportionate from no, lots of fans and lots of fans who take it a little bit too personally and get a little bit weird yeah. about yeah, it, yeah, frankly. Yeah. But there was a clear need and an obvious need for reinforcement in a load of material positions yeah. that we didn't end up bolstering, didn't end up reinforcing. Yeah. Um, one name that we were linked with in the window was Rob Green, um, which is sort of on deadline day, a very late, late one. Um, given Hennessy's another mistake for the second goal for Bournemouth, um, Kevin, is it is it time to, to drop Hennessy again, given that McCarthy was dropped for less errors, really? I, I, on that logic, then... Yes, the near, yes. On that logic, it is because the trouble is, it's it's pretty much one every two games now, and it, it's and it is an unfortunate fact of goalkeeping life that they're costing us goals. And then you, yes, you could argue that other defenders should react quicker, and or you know he shouldn't be in that situation. But yeah, for his own confidence, for his own sake, I I imagine he'll be. He's, he's going to be the goalkeeper for Wales anyway, so that's not an issue. So he's not like he's going to be knocking on the manager's door saying, please don't drop me. But yes, the simple answer is at the moment, something needs... To, but again, it would be windows. I mean, that's almost, again, that's old time palace. We're linked with Rob Green. There's, I wouldn't mind if we were linked with a 23-year-old keeper that, you know, that everyone's talking about as the next big thing. But we're linked with Rob Green, who at the moment isn't that much better than what we've got anyway you're just replacing like for like in a sense he was a really good goalkeeper he's not that good anymore he's prone to quite a few errors even at championship level so that th- I mean that was a sticking plaster palace that was just like let's get someone in to, to solve this short term problem when there are other short term problems that need solving and I'm sure Pardew will be sitting there going well we'll have Balassi back soon and on the face of it Zahar, Balassi, Adibai or that's a good front three but if if this keeps going on, I'm not going to say we're not. I'm not going to say we're not going to go down. We probably won't. But you know, if we get to the end of this, we talked about the next five games. If we get to the end of this this five games with only one more point or no more points, then we're in serious trouble. Yeah. And already, other you know, Pardew is one of the best managers we've had for ages. But it's the complete lack of acknowledgement of the fact that we're in this bad run that worries me it's like no one's putting hands up and saying yeah we, we understand your problems we're working on it we're going to try this we're going to change that it's just like they're just carrying on it's just like going, well, we're still mid-table we're fine it's not a problem but you know Newcastle it's the amount of money Newcastle spent if the, yeah, they, they didn't buy defenders which was a mistake as far as I'm concerned and it doesn't necessarily mean you know I don't think Norwich will necessarily stay up because they spent a lot more money than we did in the 
in the Premier League, in the window. But it's just frustrating when you see teams in and around us doing that, acknowledging the situation by bringing new players in when we don't. And they're the sort of players that we could have we could have happily used. If we'd, bought, if, if we'd simply bought Shelby in the transfer window, yeah. I, I would say that's a brilliant window. Shelby yeah. and Eddie Boyle, that's a great window. Yeah. But they're just not addressing the problems and we all know what the problems are because we're watching the team week in, week out. And it's, you know, Jedi, I mean, that run he did in the first half last night, it was, it was fantastic, but it took him out of the game for five minutes. Yeah. He was literally like a kid in school kneeling down with his hand on his knees afterwards. So it's quite clear that there's a, there's just a, there's a lack of energy and there's a lack of passion that, in midfield at the moment, the lack of passion is unfair. So I'm sure there's no there's no lack of commitment. But there's a real lack of energy in in midfield at the moment, and that's that's really worrying. And as Andy said, it, everything begins and ends with the midfield at the moment. That's where all the all the problems are. As far as I can see, so that's why I saw it go four four two, miss the midfield out. Yeah, start going long ball again. Just have a, just try something different. Try something. Just, just try it. Just try because you saw that with Leicester last night with Vardy's goal. Yeah, and if, and the, yeah, we talked we talk every week pretty much about looking at other team squads and going which of their players would get in our team start of the season and I include Vardy in this you wouldn't have taken any Leicester player no well, you wouldn't have said Maurice, Maurice, maybe 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 we didn't know about it at the start, at the start yeah. of the season you looked at the Leicester squad and you looked at ours or Leicester's first team there's not one single no, Leicester player that you'd say we'll have them in our team and there's probably four or five that they would have said yeah. we'll have in our team and look what they're doing and the fact is they do mix it up they they had some brilliant passing football last night and then they score a goal from a, a, a long ball out from the back. Yeah. And we're just not mixing it up, we're not trying it. And like Streety keeps saying, if plan A doesn't work, at least try a plan B. We haven't got a plan B to try. We haven't, but we do on the podcast, we do a plan B and that plan B is part two, which oh. we will go to oh. Travis is after, showing off this, now, after this short break. <laughs> Uh, welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Uh, pod 167 sponsored by Vector Printing for all your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with her. Okay. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Very good. Well done. Uh, you, should, you should explain. People need to listen to the previous pod to understand that yeah just yeah, I'm not, just go and listen to the previous pod yeah, yeah. yeah. all of them yeah. all, start, all, start from, start the, from the very first one in your scary flat in Putney it wasn't scary it was just <laughs> it was for me okay. it was yeah pokey um, right the first no, question well, you did ask but I said no but <laughs> use the safety word next time right the first question we've got a lot of questions I'm going to try and get through mo- as many as I can but I won't be able to I've answer. got a question uh, are what? you aware with your new haircut of how much you look like Hayley Cropper from uh, Coronation Street <laughs> yes I am I am because you keep sending me photos of Hayley Cropper from Coronation Street so. Hayley Cropper hasn't got muscles like he's got no, no yeah. she has not uh, li- listeners uh, with, for every photo of Hayley Cropper that gets tweeted to JD or FYP I will donate 50p to the British Heart Foundation oh god so there we go okay, I'm going to have to block my Twitter okay oh what you want people to die of heart attacks no no I, actually Whoa. I don't I don't please send me those photos <laughs> I am going to get a haircut sooner um, the first question is from Phil Hughes hi oh, Phil and Phil says is the home pitch our sellers pitch too small for the type of football we play we always seem to do better away from home and wider pitches to give our wingers more space to operate an interesting that, way of looking at it. That is a good question. In um, Malcolm Allison in the seventies had the pitch widened uh, a little bit too much and was had went over the regulation pitch size. But he he had the pitch as wide as possible for the likes of Peter Taylor. But 
That's a good question. Because our pitch is apparently one of the narrowest in the. I mean, it's albeit, albeit, whatever. It's only by, <laughs> albeit, it's, it's only by a yard or two. But it is, it is a relatively narrow pitch considering the style of football we play, and there is room to to extend it a little bit by the, on the uh, newsstand side. So that's a really good. That's a really good question. Um, Possibly, I've never thought yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah that's a good question. Okay, uh, Ben Allen. Hi Ben. Says, <laughs> says, uh, when does a blip? Become a complete collapse in form and confidence. Not yet. Now? No, not yet. Not yet. Oh, I, th- I think we're not far off now. I think no, we're not far off. But I think it's once we're what two more losses, we're, no, we're, 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 Yeah, one or two. I think once we're a loss away from the relegation going, that's when it's a, a big problem. But I almost feel that that type of thing might be able to knock us back into form and so to fight I, for. I suspect. I mean, the thing is, uh, until. I suppose, objectively, I don't know, I didn't have my objective glasses on last night, I was just cross pretty much, <laughs> pretty much <coughs> for most of the game last night. But, yeah, we didn't play that bad against Tottenham, we did play well against Stoke. You know, most people at the club said 4-0 probably wasn't quite the right scoreline at City. <coughs> but we're not far away, because it is, it, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, it breeds itself, isn't it? The confidence gets lower every time we lose. And losing, you know, the, the home form is almost a separate entity. We're, you know, we need to get back to that away form. We just, I think, all it takes is it's, it's going to take a win or two. You know, we need four or five wins for this the rest of the season to be still half decent. But at the moment, I can't see where they're where they're coming from. And the worry then, of course, is that you'll they'll rush Balassi back, and he won't be ready. I, I, I don't, I, I don't think it's. It's a good question. I don't think we're far off it. <coughs> I think. Mean, I think, and the, I think there's been a certain, I do think there's been a certain complacency around, and you just, you, you just don't see any energy or passion. Or I, I'm not suggesting they should be panicking and waving their arms about, but it, and they're clearly they're obviously dealing with it. But at the moment, they're not acknowledging that we're on a poor run of form. They just seem to be carrying on as though it's business as usual. Which well, maybe that's the way of dealing. With yeah, it. but I'm sure I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. There. I think it is being acknowledged. It's being dealt with in the wrong way. I think. Sometimes I look at the team and I think the goal-scoring drought is leading us to try and attack more, leaving us more open at the back. So yeah. you sometimes you see Suarez bombing down that left-hand side so much and leaving... Because Ward isn't the type of player that bombs for, but hasn't got the pace to do it. Yeah. But Suarez does and can whip in a few balls every now and again that are semi-decent. But it just seems like all defensive responsibilities are being lost. And I think back to all the games where we usually do win, we win off... 30% possession yeah. we defend the whole and it's especially more obvious away from home yeah. than it is at home but we win most of our games on the counter attack anyway yeah. it just feels as though we've been in the league two seasons now it feels like the whole team is expecting to play like a premiership team but once we're playing games like we did yesterday where you know we're keeping possession in and around the box but we, you never, we never look threatening we look yeah. threatening once they're pushing players up and then yeah. they have most possession most shots we have less but they're better chances because it's three against two and I don't think at that point then you need Balassi and Zaha. I don't think Balassi might actually be the problem at the moment. It's just making the defence play and be as tight as they were in the past two seasons. And I think that will sort out... Because we, we, we just, yeah, we, we're conceding far more than we ever used to. Yeah. Should we just then, in just similar way to when, it was to when Kudis came in, exactly, and then Keith came in before, do we just, I'm, Andy, just go back to basics? I, t- I would take, it's a, couple like that I'd take a couple of nil-nil draws now. Yeah, just, to, just to get the confidence but, there. But that's a good point it shows me. It's second half on Saturday when Kabai went off and Lee was kind of, so many of our attacks in the second half came when Lee broke down Stokes' attacks, basically, and, he, and then we broke really quickly and 
we got the ball to Will far quicker on Saturday than we were doing last night. It was an element that was quite laboured last it's night. It's how and Palace play football. Yeah, it's the Palace good. way to, you know. Yeah. And we've got... tick attack like Barcelona. You're yeah. playing the same colours, but it's that's almost, about it. almost... That's it. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That's and as, 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 as I said earlier, in the absence of a, a genuine number 10 or an informed Jason Bunchen playing at number 10, yeah. it's going to be incredibly difficult to play in front of teams and break them yeah, down yeah, exactly. through the middle. And yeah. teams... If, if you're sort of trying to play in front of them and you're trying to do it down the flanks it's very easy to defend against at times you just double up on the wingers but, you just yeah. make sure you're dealing with the overlaps by not going completely to sleep and it, it then it ends up becoming a little bit uh, predictable yeah, well, how, a bit of a how, do, how do other teams manage to win at home then? Because that's sure it's the same well, for all. They've got more than one centimetre fielder usually. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. We always yeah. Yeah, play down the wings, and the, yeah. quite often recently when teams have come to sell us, you see them playing five at the back. Um, Sunderland did it, yeah. and the, we we had nothing going forward really. Yeah. As soon as they scored that, equal, as soon as they scored their second goal the other day, they had three at the back and they had those two wing backs yeah. running up and down, and it was uh, we we can't break down big defenses. And yeah. We we have to understand that I think almost and, and let's not try and be a team that we're not at the moment and Jeez, Stoke, he's so Stoke much better than his dad isn't he <laughs> yeah. he talks far more sense than his dad does yeah. 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 <laughs> I haven't got the musical <laughs> element from the 70s <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. not as Bowie obsessed well, like, we, uh, yeah, I do miss the musical that's element that's half of the podcast <laughs> <so. Yeah. laughs> I'm surprised we've managed to talk for so long today actually. <laughs> um, I'm talking of Palacio I just realised how much older I am now than anybody else on this podcast <laughs> the average <laughs> when, your dad's, when your dad's not here when your dad's here that's not a problem speaking of then the next question is from Chris K. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. And Chris says, um, Is there now too much pressure on Yala to rescue our season when he's back, or will he thrive on that challenge? Yes. Yeah. Undoubtedly, yes, because yeah. yeah. there are systemic problems with that team at the moment, yeah. and they, they reach far deeper than just having one player out. And albeit that he has you know, this ridiculous chaos factor to him that's great to watch, and he is an important player, and he's been one of our best players over the last season and a half. Um, yeah, there is there is a bit too much. It's gonna take it's gonna take him a little little while to get back into the flow of things. He's not gonna be instantly match sharp, particularly after being out for a relatively prolonged period. And fans are now gonna expect him to be the silver bullet. They're gonna yeah. go, mm-hmm. Well, he he was there when we were winning. Yeah. He's yeah. been he's not been there while we've not been winning. Bring him back yeah, and we yeah, will yeah. win again. And he was there and we were defending well and he hasn't been there exactly. since we haven't been yeah, defending I, well I, really. I mean, def- coinciding with all the other problems we have. The, the thing is, I, I, you probably inevitably, he will come on as a sub when we 1-0 down again, which will affect everything. But he will, I think, there is pressure on him, but I think he's far more so than Zahar, for example. He will thrive on that pressure because he's a more mature, grown-up individual than Zahar clearly is. Uh and I think he but he will just give everyone a lift. I think he'll lift the rest of the squad, he'll lift the fans. And he does it's not just what he does, it's the space he provides for for other people. And the fact is, and it, it's what Travis was talking about, he really helps in that process because even though he's playing out wide, he, he is a hold up man. He can he can hold the ball and while it's other players he's very yeah, strong. Yeah, and if he yeah. loses the ball he'll get it back again and that lifts everybody in a way that if Wilf loses the ball, it's you can first you see his hand go on his hips or he starts well, he does, sulking. It takes or, him a while yeah. to stand up first before he can put his hand on his hips. Well, his hands yeah. are in the air. Yeah. And and to be <laughs> fair, and Wilf he's a really good player and he does get singled out for battering and he, I don't think he is protected as much as he as he should be by referees, but he needs to learn from Balassi because Balassi bounces up and, and tries to win the ball back and is physically... I, I wonder why, because we could see the difference in Balassi in, uh, from season to season. He just got physically much stronger, whether that was off his own back or the clubs, but Wilf just isn't... I've isn't seen improvement in real strength, to be honest. He's not at the level of Balassi's, of course, but, but I, I, I think so uh, he's still... not getting knocked off the ball as easy. 
He gets but, locked off it a bit easier once he's in that final third and around the box. But but he still seems to forget that he he should understand the nature of the Premier League football. He's going to get physically. Yeah, yeah. And, he, physical and he needs to stand he needs to, back up and go and yeah, win the exactly. ball. And then when he goes out and play, then, yeah. then have a moment, then, then have, have a pop. Yeah, absolutely. And then turn around. But while he has the ball's been our best player, player for the last he has, probably six I, weeks. I, I, yeah. Without a doubt, against Stoke, without a doubt, I quite agree. But with that comes responsibility as well. And that responsibility is, because I, I thought he was wrongly yellow-carded last night, but there are other occasions when he could have been yellow-carded. He could have been sent off quite easily. Even after he got yellow-carded in the first half, he could. it's only because Jednak stepped in that I think he stayed on the pitch. And then Damo had to in, and in the second he, half as well. So he needs, he needs to learn from that and someone's got to tell him that because if he is our best player and I know for a fact how keen he is to, to go and you know, I know Hodgson's been watching him, he wants to go to, to the Euros. He's not going to go if his attitude is that because there are players that are as good as him and he needs to, he needs to learn that because we... If we lose him as well, if we, it, yeah, we're still, well, you've got to be able to trust your players. And he was absolutely sensational last night at times. Yeah, yeah, completely unplayable. But if you can't trust your player not to lose his head and to do things that should rightly have got him sent off yesterday, and he should have been sent off yeah. maybe two times over. Right. Um, you, you're going to end up putting your manager in a difficult spot at some point. And I think you're completely right. Not, despite his brilliant form at the moment, and despite the fact he's been easily our best player to my mind for the last two months. He's, he's not going to get himself a spot on that plane unless he looks like a mature professional at the same time. Well, the, the thing is, on the, it's, it's all very well say he's unplayable, but there's, there's still not anything coming out of that. Against Stoke, he looked far more mature. Against Stoke, his movement was much better. He, he took that goal really well, the finishing. Yeah. It's just, just a shame they clearly didn't have enough cameras there because the highlights package was risible. But that was a really, really yeah. good goal, a really good team goal that he took really well. But... He's, and he, he he can be as brilliant as he wants, but there's still no end product, and that's not always down to him. It's because the, thing, I think his end product has been improving recently a bit. Well, well, it, it, well, it hasn't. It hasn't. His shooting's still not good enough. And the fact is, again, we've we've said it on this pod till we're blue in the face. There's only so much he can do if he looks up and our midfield is still trundling to get. And again, it's that one last night with the Jedinak run in the first half, that really good run down the thing, no, it knackered him. No one joined him. And if you can't keep up with Jedinak, you've got to keep it up with Will. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Because <laughs> that was really, the fans, and the fans around us, I was in the White Horse last night, the fans around us were getting really frustrated there and then, and rightly so, because what, what Jedinak did was he injected a real bit of energy and pace into it. I think we'd just gone, gone to one all. And yet the rest of the team weren't responding to it. And in months gone by, they would have done. But they just either they're not fit enough or they're not, they've not been told not to do it. But that's the trouble with Wilf. Because then, and what you need to see, and what was happening a little bit before Yala was injured, is that Wilf, if Balassi was going down the left-hand side, Wilf was coming in and getting into the box on the right-hand side and vice versa. And it, it's no, it's, it's all, it's, he is playing really well, but it's still not getting his goals for the most part. It's not going to have as many. Yeah. He did. Uh, yeah. I feel like his his end product Just is still not games. as good as it could be. Well, so it's, scoring you know, in cup Southampton, games, Southampton, Stoke. But he did get the yeah. he did get the assist against for the last two league games against Spurs and yeah. on on Tuesday. Um, but you're right. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah, still yeah. an assist. Though, no, last night. No, last and night last was very really good. No, that's fair enough. But you do night. you do you do feel like with Wilf, there's still a lot more to come or a lot more that could that could come. Yeah, but it's from within. Is that it's it's. It's attitude-wise, and that's it's not just from him. It's the club have got to sort that as well, which they clearly did with Balassi because Balassi's yeah he was a fringe player two seasons ago, even albeit an exciting one with chaos. And he's he's because of his own hard work, mm. he's yeah. made himself a player. That well, I can believe it took so long last night for the senior pros to to go over to to Wolf and just to say just pack it in. I turned around to JD yeah. and I said, you know, if I'm Damien Delaney or Jednak at this point I'm yeah. going up to him going you're going to get kicking when you come into training tomorrow if yeah, you carry yeah. on with this and get yourself sent off yeah. um, but 
that maybe that's just coming down to the fact that the team were a little bit sort of down on their laurels anyway and yeah. people don't want to really sort of take, take anything by the scruff of their neck who knows okay um, the next question is from Will Thomas hi, hi Will. Will Will says considering our scoring trouble if you were offered one and only one goal per game till the end of the season would you take it I think well, you'd have to I think that's pretty much what we're being yeah. offered there's twice as much as we've been offered Yes, that's a good question. You've only eventually got to jam your way to a lucky clean sheet or two, and then you've got the few points that you need to stay up. So I think ultimately, I would probably take that personally. Uh, well, I would until the, I, I, I really annoyed me that Bournemouth. That's the first time they've come from behind because that going one up against Bournemouth last night should have been enough of a platform, and probably would have been. I hate to say this, under Pulis, we might have been under siege for the for the second half. I remember the West Ham game almost exactly two years ago when Schmack scored, yeah. when we were battered for the last half hour. But you had pretty much every confidence that we'd come out of it with our heads held high and probably a point, if not all three, like we did at West Ham. And for that to happen last night, it's just... So no, I probably wouldn't take one goal at the moment. I think what we need, we're a couple of one nils away from home. We will be fine. We will get a couple of results, but at the moment, it's hard to see where they're going to come from. Going to come from. Okay, so I just contradicted myself. I think actually, well. up until a few weeks ago, four or five, we had this coming to stats again. We were one of the teams that once we'd gone ahead hadn't lost. Yeah. we were like the only team in the league that had done that. So where that's gone wrong because it's now happening against Tottenham. Yeah, it's happened again. It's happened again last night. So we we also had the least number of we've been behind for the least number of minutes. Yeah, least number. Oh, yeah, it was up until near December that we hadn't been behind at half time even. Yeah, and that gives you confidence going to second half. Once you score a goal five minutes later, they score. So who's the, the confidence yeah. going to be with coming into the second half but the funny is because that Tottenham one the Tottenham one I don't mind so much because you saw when I mean, they played Norwich off the pitch last night and oddly no, enough we had, team. we had they are a really good team I mean, oddly enough we had as many chances as we've had in five goal games before and against Tottenham somehow so it did look like we were sort of turning the corner and, hmm. yeah well, I'm pretty sure there'll be a couple of games when Gary Lineker will be laughing because you know, they scored more goals in that game than they have done in the previous ten but we'll take that yeah of course we will yeah that'll be two goals <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay the next question is from Dopey Dad hi Dopey Do- oh, Dopey Dad 5869 like, sounds, sounds like a weird chat room anyway yeah 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 but does the crowd hostility make refs more anti-CPFC? I, I know a couple of referees, and they're just, you know they they always say the answer to that question is no. Of course it doesn't. I think they're human beings. Clattenburg hears his name being booed uh, as it was rightly so uh, before the Stoke game. There are probably a couple of fifty fifties where he goes. It's got to be sixty forty before we get the decision. But yeah. I I. There's not nearly enough hostility, frankly, at the moment. It's not like referees are getting t- terrible abuse. And they're not. I, it's not like people having it other grounds as well. Maybe not yeah, the extent, I reckon. I mean, every club feels it's not it just hard. us doing yeah, it. Yeah, every club feels it hard done by the refs. I do think we're in a little spell where we're not getting the rubber the green. And I do think one of the things I liked about Pulis was that you probably got three or four decisions in every game that went your way because he was a frightening presence on the on the touchline, and that's probably not happening at the moment but I I think I, I think he's overestimated I've, they're properly good professional referees and I don't I certainly don't think they would be dishing out yellow cards or wrong free kicks or fouls 
but yeah, they might be the odd. But they are human as well. They, so. they might be the odd 50 50. They might, because they do factor things in. They know, I know one referee in particular who said when Ferguson was was manager at United, you, you replay the incident in your mind, which they're trained to do. And said, you, you, unless it was really obviously a foul against United, you probably wouldn't give it because you knew what you were going to get from Ferguson, you knew what you were going to get from the press. So unless it was a clear foul, if it was 51 49, you probably wouldn't. Wouldn't give it, which is, and that's that is human nature. They are they are human beings, but well, I, it, yeah. it will come. Yeah, we'll get decisions. I'm sure. I'm sure Bournemouth fans probably went away last night thinking the refs. Every everybody thinks the refs. That's true. Well, in respect to that, Martin Patrick, hi Martin, Martin. says, "Is it time for pards and the club to start showing their teeth more? Re yeah. poor decisions? Yep, to protect yeah. our players. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. We could talk about that, but we have done the answer to that. That's a really good question. The answer is yes, without a doubt." And there are probably ways you can sort of say things without yeah. incurring fines and sanctions and yeah. so forth. All he's got to say in press conferences after matches is just be a bit more vociferous about needing to protect creative players like Wilf and yeah. you know pointing to specific instances and pointing to the injustice of it not going punished in a lot of yeah. these instances. He's not got to call the ref a cheat. He's not got to yeah. say you know that he's biased. He's not got to say any of that sort of stuff. But he can make points in other ways and I don't yeah, feel at I, times that he's doing that. But you're, you're to be fair, he enough. did do that on after Tuesday, didn't he? I think he said if, uh, if, if I was still Newcastle manager I'd have got more decisions tonight or something like yeah. that. So he, he is maybe finally doing Probably. that. But yeah, the thing is you're not allowed to do it. You should be allowed to do it. You know, they should be sending footage of the Stephen Island tackle to the PGMOL or whatever they're called, the professional match game of whatever, yeah. you know, it should be shown that to officials and saying, explain to us why that wasn't, uh, you know, why that was waved on. It should be, you, you get done for doing it. But yeah, there, there is about time we show the teeth as a club a little bit. Okay, uh, next question is from Matt Tassel. Hi, Hi Matt. Matt. Hello. He says, Sunderland and Villa last season, Sunderland and Bournemouth this season, whatever happened to Under the Lights at Selhurst Park? Good question. Mm. It's a good yeah, question, a good, Travis. Well, it, it, we used to be un, unstoppable, didn't we? Oh, we're not unstoppable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't there a, wasn't there a stat that we hadn't... So, I think three Tuesdays. years or something. Yeah. We didn't lose on Tuesdays, I think it was on Sky, wasn't it? It was, it was no. almost like we went from the Championship no. up to the Premier League and started playing <laughs> better teams. <laughs> and, and eventually the, the good run at the start of the Premier League is under the lights itself, which was a small sample size, was replaced by... Another small sample size of games that we've not done well in. Yeah, yeah Premier League teams. Okay, I think it's not. I don't know about this. It's one. not necessarily it's just the, under the lights. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's Sellers Park in general. So our home form in general is just not good enough. And I think also it reflects the fact that, it in a way, perhaps if we were to lose a couple more games, we might get back to a sort of underdog mentality. It reflects the fact that for the past, certainly, the end of last season, the start of this season, there was more complacency. From the crowd is less of a, you know, we didn't have that feel that we had of the first season, and then, and then uh, when Pardew came in for the first couple of weeks, that backs to the wall, yeah, relegation dogfight stuff. This season started as though we were a mid-table team and going to stay that way, and the atmosphere has been a little bit. That's what a it's always flat, felt but, like. It's just we morphed yeah. into a mid-table Premier League club before we we're a mid-table Premier League club. Yeah, yeah. We've That's, we've we've, yeah. we've got into mid-table positions. From being near relegation battles in the last few months of the season, and it's always had uh, the team voice had something to fight for, the fans voice had yeah. something to sing about, yeah. and it's just all the stuff you read on all the Palace fan pages you read and about. You you see fans there that are just going, oh, it's it's disaster at the moment. And it's, it's not a disaster. There's a me- mentality has changed in the club. It almost seems too quickly, and it's backfiring on the performances. There's not that. 
I almost, like I said earlier, I almost feel like I want to drop into this relegation battle sooner rather than later so we can get out of it with plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, right, all right. Yeah, Just yeah. in the next two weeks. Because we, we were out of it with plenty of time last season. Pardew came in and it yeah, was at a point yeah. where people go, oh, well, Pardew's going to save two teams this season, Newcastle and Palace. Yeah, and yeah. he did, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But And he got us out with, you know, five or six games to go. We were going thinking, oh, we'll be all right, we'll be all right, we'll be fine, we'll be fine. And we were fine. But I just think in these next two weeks, you know, by the time we're mid-February, if we are three points, two points off the relegation zone, everyone would just take a big look at themselves and the fans take a big look at themselves and just go, actually, it's almost a... Reality has struck us a bit. Yeah. We're not... We're not a mid-table team yet. Stoke are only just becoming that proper mid-table team, pushing up into the the eighths and sevenths, and they've been in the league for twice as long as we have. Yeah, and they've got more strength in depth. We, we're not. And we're they've not, spent for the second window running. They've spent a lot, a, a lot, lot of money. money. And you talked about Andy talked about bringing players in other than strikers. They've just spent broken their club record for a yeah, defensive midfield. Yeah, 18.3 million for a defensive midfield player that. Most of us, if we're honest, hadn't, hadn't, nope. heard, probably, hadn't heard of. Probably, yeah. Do you know my, my favourite thing about that in. signing? My favourite thing is that he played against Stoke in a pre-season yeah, yeah. friendly. Charlie Adam kicked him off the pitch. He had to go off injured. And they now yeah, signed him. Yeah. Couldn't you get a more Stoke transfer saga yeah. than that? But uh, like Charis is absolutely right. But that mentality change, some of it has come from the club. It was the club and, and Steve Parrish that was saying at the start of the season, we have to change our mentality. Yeah. We have to look up and not look down. We have yeah. to be a bit more bold. And is that now sort of coming back to, to bite us? A little bit because these 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 progressions are slow and incremental. It, it takes season after exactly. season of improving the probably the weakest position in your squad to get better and better. It, it's not going to happen overnight by signing one French midfielder on a hundred grand a week and expecting all of a sudden a team that was in the relegation zone nine months before to all of a sudden turn into yeah, a top eight side. Right. It's yeah. one player. But also, that uh, gave us the lift at the beginning of the season yeah. and that's why we're in the position we are now. You know, we were, we got to fifth because that gave everyone a bit of a boost. You just need that boost from somewhere. But it's also, having, like, having said that, you know, if, if Rich Corley or, or wherever it is says to him at a press conference, you know, you're fifth, you're looking at the UEFA, whatever. There's not a chairman in the country who's going to turn around and go, leave it. Oh, of course not. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he has to publicly say that we're, we're going to aim for the stars. Of course he does. But but yes, there is a way of managing expectations. I think, I think again, like Travis says, it's taken us by surprise a little bit and we're still we're still adjusting to where we are as a club mm. and we're still well an upward spiral and yeah we are yeah. definitely I've, well, I've said with season I don't actually want to qualify for Europe this season no I don't I don't, yeah, no, I don't no, want it to happen no, it would be no, the downfall of the club if that. it did happen Complete. I don't the next two seasons well you must have got the thick end of the wishbone at Christmas then because you're getting your way yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I was too vocal about it it's that far okay final question then from, from Tony Dobson hi Tony. Right, Tony hi Tony Tony says when are you changing the theme music back well, back no, we, we're doing it. No, I think oh, we'll he means to the old to one. The old one. Yeah. We, we, we've done it this week, Tony. Yeah, we've already yeah. done it this yeah. week. Yeah, after losing three points, Much to my you couldn't be asked to do. Well, and do you know, I'm just going to be so furious if we now end up winning the next match. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, it'd be great to end this uh, losing run and to get a win on the ball. Blah 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 blah. But just more than anything, the look on Kevin's face when I see him at the pub thereafter, and he goes, "I told you, I told you, it was all down to the music. It wasn't the midfield. It wasn't the fullbacks. It wasn't the goalkeeper. It was bloody music, wasn't it?" <laughs> Seasons. I've I've had seasons we've been relegated and I've turned left out of the bunny hole every game and drunk the same amount of Guinness before and lose game after game and still do it. But yes, it is the music, we know that. We've got to <laughs> well, also, we've got to do our bit, haven't we? We've got to do anything we can. Yeah, and we, this we, is we, our we should have done, that's why we should have done a pod on Monday and then we would have got three points last night and then we wouldn't be having this conversation but you don't care enough about the club to do that. 
I mean, it just would have had the shortest shelf life of any pod ever. (laughs) (laughs) Right, download it now, guys. Listen in the next 15 minutes before we lose again. Because right now we're in a post-FA Cup wing glow. Right, uh, we're going to end part two there. We're going to go into part three via our old jingle that we're bringing back for this pod. Um, In part three, we're going to go back in time for, for in this week. Uh, thank you, listeners, for your questions. Sorry, couldn't read them all out, but they were some very good questions this week. Uh, so, join us in a bit. Yes, welcome back to this week's Five Year Plan podcast. Hey. Pod 167, sponsored by JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Good. And vector printing for all your print and embroidery needs, go to vector.co.uk and that's vector with a K. Right, it's slightly more optimistic as the pod is going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. we are actually, yeah. Yeah. And Um, the music's changed, so maybe just just having the exuberance of youth in Travis here rather than the usual. Bitter old crowd. This <laughs> is my dad. We're talking about him. You know. That's a good point. I brought my own report. He's a random man to me. He's also talking not, about not, me. Not quite. Yeah. And he's well, sitting across the table talking about me while I'm here. In your house. Your right. Dad, your dad wouldn't mind. <laughs> he calls himself Statler or Mordor. He does. Right. Uh, we're going to go back in time for in this week to some uh, famous palace moments uh, from this week. And the first one is. <laughs> Tuesday the 5th of February 2002. Oh. So out, well, before the, before the transfer window, I guess. Yeah, before the transfer window. Um, who did Palace sign? Do you do this every week? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the uh, whole point of the feature. Andy Johnson. I'll, I'll give you a clue. I'll give you a clue. Andy Johnson. Yeah, I was it was think, I was that. signed £2.4 million. Pounds. Adi Akinbaye. Yeah. Not Valeria and Ishmael again. Adi Akinbaye. How many times did we sign him? <laughs> Adi Akinbaye was signed on the 5th of 2.4 million Feb. pound? 2.4 million. Did yeah. we? Yeah. Can't think why Simon Jordan ran out of money. Huh? How much? <laughs> Where did we get him from? From Leicester City. Where he was playing well and then course, joined us, yes. didn't play well, and then left to, was it Burnley after us? And idea what Simon, oh, I think he did went to Burnley, yeah. started scoring loads yeah, of goals. He well scored again, for yeah. us, didn't he? Scored he one. scored like three, two or three goals. Can we take that now? We would. You would. Any idea what Simon Jordan said at the time when he, when he signed him? I've wasted 2.3 million quid here, haven't I? This is going to bankrupt Future's me bright. in the years to come. He said, Addy is a player I'm very excited about and I'm sure he will fly with this club. Yeah, wow. He said that about Delhi Adebola. <laughs> Another Addy. And in fact, we've just signed an Addy, haven't we, as well? Yeah. So hopefully it'll be better than, than that one. Um, he was big, wasn't he, when he came to us? He was a bulky guy. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah. Much like me, after going to Chesham Gym for <laughs> six weeks. Oh, boy. I just up my weights this week, actually, so that's... Um, I'm impressed. That's pretty good. Yeah. A kilogram on each side. <laughs> uh, okay, the 6th of February, uh, 1915. Ooh. Wow. Back in the day. Crystal Palace played their last ever game at... Uh, the, the Crystal Palace. Of course, yes. Down there, according to this. Yeah. A Southern League fixture against Reading. It's only 100 years that we've been away then. No, 101 even, sorry. I was interested, there's quite a lot of this because football carried on for quite some time after the First World War started, much to the chagrin of the press and uh, the government. Any idea what happened to the the pitch after that? It was turned into an allotment. What? Or there was something was it was it was thingied by the army. It was taken over by the army, wasn't it? Exactly. That's exactly what I've got here. The admiralty requ- requisitioned the stadium. So I thought they were going to say it turned into a gastro pub and a no. set of craft fairs, <laughs> but obviously that came a lot later in the triangle. No, I think I, I think it was no. It was the they must have put guns on it to anti-zeppelin guns, but the whole thing was churned up. 
Okay, but then, and then we lost because then lost obviously like most football clubs we lost quite a few ex players in the yeah in the war. But there were a, a lot of misgivings that young fit men were playing football rather than signing up for because it was before conscription. So. Yeah, understandable. Right. Mm. Um, Saturday the 6th no I lie Saturday the 6th of February 1937 Ooh. I'm only mentioning this one because the guy mentioned in it has got a brilliant name um, so Palace beat Exeter City 8-0 someone got a hat trick and his name was Bob Big apparently Croydon born Big went on to score 41 goals and 114 appearances for Palace do you reckon that was his actual name or like his Croydon street name it sounds like his porn star name Bobby Big I just just don't think you had a lot of porn stars in 1937 you did but it took longer to upload (laughs) (laughs) about 44 years (laughs) (laughs) they had to invent the technology first (laughs) okay yeah that was, yeah, so that's a, they, good, a good one. I love. I don't know if you've ever seen them. You probably have in like copies of old programs. But it's when the Croydon advertiser used to do match reports via comic strips. Oh, amazing! They used to do like a comic strip version of what happened in the in the game because there is one with him because it makes it says about his, his name, which is great because they've now with their content gone full circle. So, yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Other websites and newspapers are available, like the um, SLP, which is far yeah. better and available for fifty p every Friday from your local news agent. Right, okay, partiality out the window. Um, <laughs> I'm going back, do you know how I normally like to dig out Palace versus Brighton memories? Yes, I do. We're going to go to Saturday the 11th of February, 1950. Yeah. Palace played Brighton at well, Selhurst well, well Park. Well all of you for not asking what it was like. <laughs> we're, we're above that. This is your normal response. We're not. Well, it ended in here, otherwise. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Um, okay, what, any idea what the result was? 1950, uh, 14-1. <laughs> <laughs> Two. Palace. Otherwise you Six wouldn't have brought two. it up. All right, well, you got you got the Palace one, correct, but you're way out with the score. Uh, what do you reckon, Street? 6-2. 3-1. No, 1, he said. Oh, we won. We won. We won 3-0. Two nil. Yeah, Street is the closest. We won 6-0. Whoa. Beat Brighton 6-0. Ronnie Rook. We've had some good names Ronnie tonight. Rook. Yeah, yeah. Ronnie Rook. Ronnie uh, Rook scored a hat-trick with 15 minutes to go. Wow. Okay, so a hat-trick in 75 minutes. He, the 38-year-old, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Brighton was so bad they let a 38 year old score a hat trick would be our top scorer that season so yeah, okay. there you go. Well, in those days as well 38 was like 62 there, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> uh, okay. weighed, weighed down by Brill Cream as well we're going to end on Big Power of uh, Bob Biggs though I've heard <laughs> Bob oh, Big, Big and Ronnie Rook. Rook, Rook, Rook and Big <laughs> good, good night out with those two Bob and Ronnie down at the Wicked Centre going on about how the ball was proper size in those days and had laces on it okay <laughs> they used to get down Joe Bananas as well yeah, it was still open, I think, Joe Bananas. Um, right, we're going to end. We're going to end with this is great. And a credit to Terence, who runs Red and Blue Army, for digging this one out. Um, he does a regular on this day on his website, which is yeah. well worth checking out. Um, I don't know the date of it, but I'm guessing it's in the 80s. Sad, even though it's on this date. Because he's, he's dug out the. Uh, no, I'm going to give Terence some credit because it's actually the February the 3rd. And he actually does on this day rather than vaguely around this period <laughs> at some point in the. Distant past, I don't know when. Yeah, it was actually what, February the third. What JD's done is stolen his idea and made it yeah. worse. To be fair, yeah. he did tell me yeah. this week to, to he could I could use his ideas. Anyway, this is the this is the clipping from the paper from February third, and it starts like this: Eight Crystal Palace first team players were involved in a punch up after Saturday's home defeat with Man City. The players, amongst them George Wood, Henry Hewton, Jerry Murphy. Yeah. And Alan Irvine were drinking quietly in the club's and Tudor Trevor bar. Don't and forget Trevor Ayler. And Trevor Ayler were drinking quietly in the club's Tudor bar when a group of drunken supporters began insulting them and hurling abuse. A lot came up for some particularly bad abuse. Uh, 
and then a fight broke out. The supporters chanted, Ron knows out, a reference to the club's owner, were finally ejected from the bar. That so, would be 84, I would say. Trevor Aylock was single-handedly the worst striker I've ever seen at Palace. My favourite thing is they were mm. ejected from the bar by the barman and goalkeeper, George Woods. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that now? Like, if Fraser Campbell, what are you doing behind the, the, the bar up in the red and blue bar? Well, I just I, I thought, well, I'm not really doing them a lot on the pitch, so yeah. I had to do something for the club wow. somewhere else. Oh, do you want any loyalty points with that pint of Guinness? You can imagine Julian being behind the bar, though, just liking to help out. Oh, I can imagine him doing just anything that, that required doing. He was a good yeah. keeper, George Wood. was indeed. So, yeah, there you go. Trevor Aylott was in, involved in a punch-up with fans. He wouldn't have landed a punch. He would have gone way over. He would, <laughs> I'm pleased. Him, yeah, him pleased and Tommy him. Langley, were just, he was just... His nickname was Donkey for various... Who would be hit better in and fight him or Bamford? In a fight, I'll yeah. probably Trevor Aylott, but on the pitch, Bamford <laughs> would probably be better. So. Oh, Patrick Bamford were, better than Trevor Aylott, you heard it here first. They were... They were proper dark. I mean, that's when we'd gone from 52,000 in 1979 to 12,084 and six, seven year later, as low as four. Well, they were really bad days. So, that, I mean, well. it's not as, you know, this season's bad, but it's not, not that bad. Yet. No, it's not as bad as that. No. <laughs> yeah. But there you we, go. Haven't, we haven't got, it's not got a punch up in the, in the 2010 not lounge bad, no. Not yet. yet. Um, Did anyone see, by the way, speak of the 2010 lounge? Uh, Kenny Sampson on Goals on Sunday, yes. Sunday morning, which was. He's back at the club now doing. Uh, he is, but it was a really. Uh, any Palace fans who missed it, if they try and see it, it was a, I thought they started off in a very insensitive way with Chris Kamara and Ben Shepherd talking about at last they could drink because it was the 1st of February. Hmm. Uh, but they did a really good interview with Kenny Sampson very well handled very honest pulled no punches but he was brilliant and he was really really good about that Palace team he played in as well and how many local kids we had so it was really heartening to see him looking so fit and well and the club are doing a lot to support him as well which is and he acknowledged that as well and he he acknowledged many things that he'd done wrong to (coughs) people around the club so that was a really good 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 story but all the best to Kenny we're absolutely um, good to see him um, doing all right uh, good, right, let's end in this week there. Uh, in part four, we're going to look forward to Palace's next game, which is a trip to Swansea. So join us in a bit. Yes, welcome back to the Five Year Plan podcast. Hey. Oh, I thought we were more positive. No, he's tired now. No, okay. Um, Pod167, sponsored by Vector Printing for all your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk and there's Vector with us. Okay. And don't forget, you can uh, buy brand new exclusive FYP and Vector with a K t shirts. All you got to do is go to t shirtmonster.com forward slash FYP. Um, I will. <laughs> well, you've ruined the next bit because the next bit is we're sponsored by. You idiot. Uh, JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Good. There we go. That, that went smoothly. Um, right. We look forward in part four to our next game. Our next game is Swansea away. Um, has there ever been a Palace game, Travis, with more pressure on it? Yeah, of course there's. And Hillsborough games, yeah. Hillsborough, yeah. the okay. FA Cup final. Right. Right. I was being a bit facetious, yeah. but there is, given the run, there's a given lot of the pressure um, but I was uh, reading today, <laughs> things, I don't, I don't know how it's going to go. Adebay will start, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the midfield problems. But one thing I was reading today is that we haven't scored in three away games and Swansea haven't conceded in three out of four of their last home games. And if we're not scoring goals and they're not conceding goals, it's not going to look very likely that we're going to score in that game, considering how 
unthreatening we do look, hopefully Adebayo will spark that new... Uh, would you guys start Adebayo if he's fit? Yeah, I would, fit. I would, if he's fit, yeah, I would. I mean, it's just, it needs a boost, I think, and I think yeah. he would give that boost. Coming on 20 minutes after a team's just scored yeah. isn't going to give the team that boost, but starting again Absolutely. might do. I don't, it's... The, like I said, with all the injuries, it's going to be difficult to... The, the one thing, you know, I think the last two games have been low-scoring draws. One was one, or I think, when they battered us, I think... And then it was nil nil last season. I think both whatever. games we've we've sort of been a bit lucky to get results. Yeah, here. we've yeah, weathered the, the storm. I think the one thing in our favour is that they are going to be expecting to win because they're still in a, a really. Good, I mean, they, they played really well at Everton. I saw that game on TV. They looked really good, but they will expect to win this game, and I think that might play into our hands with the counter attack. Yeah, and the longer it goes without a goal, the more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Desperate they'll become. Yes, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, the, the, I think it's a, is it his first home game for the new coach. Were they away Ooh, last night? West Brom? Don't know. Well, whatever, but it's still. Possibly. You know, there'll be a there'll be a good atmosphere and they'll be up for it and they'll be expecting to win. So, yeah, we we always predict if a team's on a bad run, it's probably to come to. So, hmm. yeah, maybe this is a, the, the the unexpected game that turns our run around. I don't. So. Sure, would, Andy, would you would you? We talked earlier in the pod about. Sort of going, going for broke and tweak, tweaking the system, sort of nothing left to lose. Would you would you go four four two or something or change it? Barely got any players left, let alone tweaking the system. Yeah. I'll be happy if we can get eleven out. Frankly, we've got punching out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got yeah. Ledley out. Yeah, Wickham yeah. still suspended. Well, my, well, could it could quite conceivably end up with a central midfield of Jedinak, Boateng, and Lee? Yeah. Which would just be phenomenal, be, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, the Edenak much and Lee, wouldn't yeah, it? Much, much yeah, yeah, much. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think yeah. we'll do that. I think we've got him existing. I think we'll pretty much. Pretty much. Play the same so pretty much. Nice. It's clever. Yeah. It would have been better if it was delivered. <laughs> <laughs> I think he. I don't think he'll. He, he hasn't tweaked much so far. So. He probably um, won't. I'm I just asking, asking what you guys would do. But I think the thing is, if he if he does start Adibayo, though, it's like we said right at the start, as Travis said in particular, if Adibayo doesn't like playing as a lone striker, then I think why would you buy somebody who doesn't like playing as a lone striker and then play him as a lone striker? So it kind of hints that he will be mm. making some changes. I do think I'd like to see Lee start. So I do think Lee's bringing. I think he obviously will start, but I think he is bringing an energy into the team that, yeah. that we've lacked a little bit. And I agree. As I say, he's, he's really accomplished player. Um, and he looks full of confidence and full of energy, so I think he's he's a bright spot at the moment. So mm. it the could lot, be the time yeah. to start a four four two, couldn't it? Possibly. I kind of think, I think it, possibly, yeah, it could I be th- the game I just to I try agree. and figure I, something out. I, I the next agree. three games are Swansea, Watford, and, and Sunderland. Is West it? Um, West 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 Brom, yeah. They're three games that if it were in our beginning of the former season, we could look at and just go, let's go, let's get nine points, let's get nine points. Realistically, now I think I'm looking at this and thinking four would be nice. But maybe it's the type of instead of trying to change things up against the Arsenal's and Tottenham's and cities of the league, it might be easier to try and play with something now and see if you can get a result out of it and take that into the. The sad fact is, yeah. I would take four points in the next four games now. Um, I probably would too. I would. I would simply take. I would actually. Yeah. Um, a, a couple of games without defeat. I would simply yeah. take a couple yeah, of nil-nil draws just yeah, to arrest yeah, yeah. the kind of slump yeah. we've been in and just yeah. kind of just hold, yeah. plug it a little bit. This is I'm trying to change everything. Too quickly, but his mentality. Yeah, I mean, we, we know from the fact that you know, Pardew's mentality is to try and win games rather yeah. than draw them, which, which is why he goes on these runs. Yeah, which yeah, which sometimes it can go against you. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the fact is, let's face it, we probably will go on a little run somewhere, of yeah. winning three or four, and so we probably will look back on this and go, maybe we overreacted. But I think those optimistic fans that are left are wrong to be to have a go at the ones that are. Mm-hmm. Some Palace fans are overreacting, but there is cause for pessimism at the moment, and it's all it's it's so easy to say, well, we're 
not doing brilliantly in the Premier League, that's great, and that's a fair comment. But it, you know, it costs a lot of money to go and see Palace games. Oh yeah. And uh, so if if we're getting back to the dark old days of, of you know, previous managers, when you, if you're going to Sellers Park. 21 game or you know, 19 times a season and you're only going to see them win four or five times our fans have got every right to be you're spending 500 quid in a season ticket and it's not you know I don't necessarily buy into this whole idea about being entertained because you entertain when you leave with three points exactly if, if, if you know at the start of the season and at the moment there's no reason to believe that it will change next season if you know at the start of the season that you're paying that much money to see five five home wins then of course you've got every right to to be a bit concerned we, it almost feels like the start of the season we're playing so well and getting so many good results we, we almost got too much value for money you know we got did yeah, we sort of cashed in all our good results yeah, start so we've said this before it's only arguably Newcastle West Brom Southampton are the only three games that you could say we were the better team home games home games yeah. that we were the better team all the way through right, Man United we think. Man United yeah, yeah, possibly, yeah, yeah, yeah I agree that's, that. that's, that's, a, good, that's a good point yeah. but still that's not a massive return for yeah. For all that we're mid table. Our home form, whatever happens this season, the home form's got to be addressed. Yeah. Well, that's, no, that's the third season in a well, nearly yeah, second, at least second season. Stop conceding goals. And it isn't, it isn't enough to say, well, we're set up to play away from home because teams play different different yeah. formations. You know, if Leicester City can play a different way away from home than do it at home, then we can. It's like, yeah. you, you do have to. And the fact is that, you know, you're talking about a new stadium, you're talking about new markets. If, if, if you want to do all that stuff that Parish wants to do, if you want to expand and become a global brand, for want of a better word, then you've got to make the brand a better one than it is at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Because the only reason we're going is because we've got season tickets, we pretty much have to. Yeah. Well, we'll always go. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll always do. go, I know, obviously. But but that's why we've got But also, it's not... Here. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to be positive and, and look at things from a positive point of view, but five defeats in a row is a is a bad run. So yeah, you, can't, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't criticise fans that, no, that are disappointed with no. that and are frustrated. Because, yeah, we're like... You know, people talk about... Yeah, they always talk about passionate fans up north and all that bollocks. Palace fans are as upset by the, you know, the Palace fans live for the club whether that's good or bad is, a, is another argument but it does affect you I was fucking furious it took me to about three o'clock this afternoon to stop talking and I'm a grown man hmm. and it's just it's, and you know, the upside of that is you go well you get the, pl- the fun and the pleasure when you do get a good result but yes that's how football fans are there's no logic we've got as much right to moan about a run of five rubbish games as we had to boast about a run of five good games you know? yeah. it's yeah. not like we've lost five games and Play decently and there's been entertaining things. There's been nothing to get that's excited good, that, about. Yeah, so there's nothing to even point, get yeah. excited about. Mm. But it does make the only thing we're excited about is a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> far easier. Yeah. yeah, I would. Yeah. What we've drawn the most in the league, apart from one of one of t- I think we're joint. Really? Yeah, joint which fewest is, draws in the league, crazy. which is four. Bizarre, I think. Well, bizarre, especially as me going on about Pardew doesn't like drawing. And on that okay. Point. Well, and I, I actually, on that note, I think we will draw on Saturday. I think I think we'll get a point. Well, good. And I hope so. It will be the change of music that does it. <laughs> well, we will see. <laughs> we will see. And now to play us out now is the old theme music. Lucky music. Um, so there you go. So if we do win on Saturday, we will be keeping the theme music. Yeah, um, for the music. Thank you for being here, Travis. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, great debut. Yeah, yeah, strong yeah, debut. Really strong Very strong debut. debut. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Um, from, from the youth team, we've got a good academy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. On the yeah, pod, it's good. Yeah. yeah, we can't afford the high trend. High James is going to struggle to get back into summer. Yeah, I think James will. He won't be pod fit for a start. He won't be pod fit. I don't think he's ever been pod fit to be honest. You two. As well. at the moment Andy and Kevin thank you as well <laughs> and, I'm sure uh, like that <laughs> well he doesn't listen anyway so. um, listeners thank you for listening uh, you'll hear from us after the Swansea game so see you then Bye.
my brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Sports Social Podcast Network.